a golden god! An equal amount of blueberries in each muffin. To a new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> Who's weirder, you or me? You just put the law on my hands, and I'm gonna break your heart. Nobody puts baby in the water. Whatever you do, don't fall Everybody and welcome back to Movies for a Life. I'm one of your co-hosts, Michelle Aiken. And I'm your other co-host, Brian Kuiper. And we're super excited for this episode because we are back with another one of our Friends Forever Favorites episode. And I am particularly excited about this because our guest for this episode is one of my favorite people in the entire world, pretty much. Uh, she is a lover of all things classic cinema and baked goods. She is Jimmy Stewart's number one fan. She is the chocolate to my peanut butter rachel Housechild. welcome to the show i'm here yeah you are i here. made it uh <laughs> definitely high props on the bakers because i literally just made brownies last night <laughs> nice of course you did <laughs> yeah ghirardelli ones my with chocolate chips favorite. in them oh my, my god favorite. the best guy i just i needed some chocolate had to do it <laughs> of course that's why it had to be a part of your intro that's how we know you <laughs> So thanks so much for coming on. This is going to be awesome. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. What movie did you bring for us? I brought the wonderful George Cougar's The Philadelphia Story. Talk a little bit about like, what's your history with that movie? Why is this one of your forever favorites? Ooh, this is a good one. Years ago when I was in college, I didn't really watch a lot of movies in college. I was more focused on just literally trying to figure out life <laughs> during college, as many do. Um, I didn't find movies until after college, but this one one was one that stuck with me for years and years prior. I used to work with somebody when I worked at Old Navy with someone who was really big into old cinema who introduced me to a lot. And he introduced me to some of my favorites still. But this one, he's like, yeah, I think you should watch this one. I think you're really going to like it. So at the time, also, my grandma was living with us. And I would watch a lot of classic Hollywood movies with her because nobody else in my family would watch anything with me. That's not my dad's forte. My mom can't watch a movie without stopping it 800 times or reiterating what's going on in the movie. <laughs> so so I used to watch it with my grandma and it pretty much the rest is history. Like it was instant love affair with everybody that's in that movie. As people may know, <laughs> I'm a very big Jimmy Stewart fan. Um, so I love everything that he's in. It's just that like draw that he has, that right. voice mm -hmm. that he speaks with. I'm just such a fan. And how can you not love Cary Grant? Truthfully, uh, the man favorites. is like yeah. a bombshell. Yeah, love him. And uh, and then Catherine Hepburn. I became such a big fan of Catherine Hepburn. So the movie was a trifecta right in that little triangle. And then it just kept rewatching. Also, 
I mean, your girl from Philly, so <laughs> Philadelphia <course>. story. <laughs> yeah. So obviously there's going to be some little connection there. So yeah, that was a big thing as, of it as well, because though now I'm not in the Philadelphia area or Pennsylvania, I still have a big connection with it. Just it kind of is very homey to me. So mm. that's where it all came from. And then now it's just stuck. Now it's a comfort movie. I'll watch it whenever. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, hey, we're, I think we're big Jimmy Stewart fans too now on the Absolutely. show. This is now you are. Yeah. This is the fourth Jimmy Stewart movie. Have you realized yeah. that? I mean, Has he's it been well that many? worth it. I didn't it. realize it was that many. Yeah. Yeah. We did Rope, Anatomy of a Murder, and It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. And we talked about a few of them as well for next year. We mentioned at least one. <laughs> That's true. I mentioned one to Michelle too, and I was like, sign me up now. I want to be on it. She wants to talk about the shop around the corner. Ooh. It's like beautiful, but also simultaneously very dark. It yep. is. It's very dark, but I that love could be a remakes episode. That's true. There you go. She she loves um, both of those. Also, yeah. I was gonna say if you're gonna talk about you've got mail, then you've got my boy Tom Hanks in it, and then yeah. <laughs> that's true. That would actually be really interesting because they're not very similar. No. Uh, they have sort of the basic plot, then they handle it in such different ways, mm-hmm. which is what we like when we do our remakes episodes. It's a modernized know. version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you want to talk about this movie? Like what, um, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about this movie that is a reason why you love it? The the first reason it would have to be the actors and the cast in this, honestly. Right. I mean, you think the Philadelphia story, the first thing you think about is Jimmy Stewart. Catherine Hepburn, Cary Grant. Sorry, Mr. George Kittredge. Nobody thinks about you as much. At least I don't, even though you're supposed to be marrying Tracy Lord. But yeah, that's not something that comes to mind. You know, some of these supporting cast, I think particularly like Ruth Hussley is Liz. I think uh-huh. she's wonderful too. Oh, she's <laughs> yeah. so wonderful. I yeah. think she gets the short end of the stick so bad sometimes. She does. She's her kind her. of character is the one that I always kind of relate to. So this time when I was watching it, I was like, poor Liz. Yeah. I know. I like when she <laughs> called Jimmy Stewart her walking parakeet. <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah. That's such a good thing, especially when he's plastered in a scene. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, Dinah. Dinah, yeah. yes. I mean, I remember like the first time I watched this, that's like the first thing that I texted to you. Dinah's the best. And <laughs> When I was I watching it again, I was like, yeah. she's still the best. Yeah. I love her so much. She's a <laughs> sassy little sleuth, that one. She should work for Spy Magazine. She made the whole thing happen. Exactly. She did. So. Her little conniving ways. I love yeah. her. I kind of just love the whole family setup with the three of them, with uh, the mom and with Tracy and with Dinah. It's like... The- Three very strong women that I really enjoyed seeing on screen. It's a very interesting plot as well, because it's like one of the first movies to talk about marital issues or like, Mm -hmm. I think I'm pretty sure it's like one of the first ones, but like marital issues where the parents are separated. They're not living together because he cheated on her. Tracy got divorced. Like obviously as a huge socialite, you don't want to see Mm -hmm. people get divorced, but yeah. And then Liz is also divorced. And so have have them be open about discussing divorce, especially women who are divorced at that time. Oh yeah. It was unusual. It's so saucy. (laughs) Like Uh it's just, it almost feels wrong for that era. Yeah. It almost feels pre-code, but I mean, it doesn't quite, it's not quite as, uh, I guess, free as a pre-code movie, but, uh, but not as uh, sultry as a pre-code yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. for sure there's some inundo in this one as Dinah says <laughs> inundo. yes yes inundo. Inundo. <laughs> <laughs> not innuendo yes she's so cute yeah I also like that Tracy is as much as she is like that strong independent woman like as they make a big deal of in the movie she's not really perfect and they, no. they deal with that 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. she even realizes it herself. She calls herself uh-huh. an unholy mess of a woman. I'm like, yeah, me too, girl. I feel that. <laughs> so, you know, she she realizes that, you know, she divorced. Oh, gosh. I already forget now. Dexter? Cary Grant's name. Dexter. CK Dexter Haven. I should know this. You know, she did divorced CK and then is marrying George and then has Macaulay come into the picture and she's just confused. She's a confused girl. Well, then she's also got her father in her ear. Um, yes. What mm-hmm. a jerk. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> her dad's so mean. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. terrible. Calling her, uh, what did she say? He says something about like her heart. She needs to understand her heart. She, and she lacks she, an understanding like, heart. heart. An that, understanding heart down, and, yeah. and calls her like brass, basically. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. so mean. Mm-hmm. Poor Tracy. Yeah. A statue. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that felt really harsh. But then you can also kind of see where that comes from, I think, in that one conversation that she and Dexter have. Because he was obviously dealing with alcoholism and she saw it as a weakness and wasn't very supportive of him. And that you can see in that that conversation how that really, really hurts him. Yeah. That she wasn't there. And so you can kind of see maybe where that comes from where she doesn't like she's so strong in herself and she feels like everybody else around her has to be. And anything that like lets down that facade is a, is a weakness to her. And she's not into that. That's not yeah. really a good thing to have. Like, you know, everybody has problems, issues. So, yeah, yeah, I understand where that criticism comes from, even though it's a little harsh the way that it's presented to her. Yeah. But maybe that's the way she needed to hear it to change. Yeah. But then she soaked into that weakness of that alcoholism and she drank for the second time of her life ever mm-hmm. and totally messed up her potential <laughs> marriage and ended up finding what she really needed to find in the long run but who trying to get to that moment it was a situation that's for sure <laughs> That is one of my favorite things about this movie is how it begins and then how it ends. It's not how you expected it to, but you realize that it's the right way for it to. And I like that. Yeah. That was a good way like to completely misdirect you the entire movie and then to yeah. have it in the way it does. I think that was a really brilliant way to play this story out. Agreed. I really like the movie as a whole. It's just like we were saying, it's a little um, extra for that time era. Because a lot of movies in that time era are so like nice and you have the married couple and they have the happy family. And this is not like Mm. it is just a whole big old mess. Another reason why it's so successful is because of who plays who in that movie, truthfully. One of the things that strikes me, you know, speaking of who plays who, Dexter obviously is an extremely important role, but... Cary Grant just doesn't feel like he's in this very much to me. Not much. You know, no. uh, it, it really feels like Catherine Hepburn and Jimmy Stewart's movie in a lot of ways, that they're the ones that just kind of drive so much of what we see. So to have such a big star as Cary Grant just kind of be this supporting role <laughs> while yeah. he's still, he's still kind of like, you know, top build in the thing is uh, really interesting to me. And he seems to play a little bit different character than I'm used to from Cary Grant. I don't he's know how to describe subtle. He's very yeah. subtle. I was just going to say he's very subtle. It's not It's not very in your face as his other movies. Um, his fa- yeah, I like, did see- his literal face isn't so like animated, like I'm kind of used to, you know, like it's from Arsenic and Lace or something. It's very stoic pretty mm-hmm. much throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing. And um, I did see, I did read a while back that it was a gamble to get Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart. They're like, well, they're both two really big names, yeah. but let's just give it a shot anyway. So, but it's funny because then you have the remake of the Philadelphia story and it's Frank Sinatra and Bing Crosby. Again, two very big names in high society. I didn't, I didn't even know there was a remake. So, 
I didn't yes. either. This is new to me as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's actually it's a musical. It's called High Society. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra. Instead of Catherine Hepburn, it's actually Grace Kelly, who oh, is nice. I love because nice. she's a Philadelphia girl. I'm not gonna lie, that's another connection there. But it's kind of cool to put her in the Philadelphia story. And um, oh my gosh, uh, Louis Armstrong, I'm pretty sure is in it as well. Oh wow, if I'm not mistaken. That's yeah, great. so I like it. It doesn't get a lot of talk as much obviously as the Philadelphia story. It's also in color, I believe, but I think it's fun. It's a nice little musical. So I'd, I'd recommend it. Well, that's, that's good to, to know. I mean, hey, yeah. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen it and I don't know if I own it or not. I don't know. If not, I'm pretty sure you can like rent it to stream somewhere. Sure. That's a pretty great cast too. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Celeste Holm is in it as well. Um, yeah. She plays Inbury, um, Liz Inbury. So pretty great cast. So I like the little, um, if you already mentioned Dinah, but like some of the side characters are really fun too. Uncle Willie. Uncle um, Willie. <laughs> the, the, kind the of drunk an old lech, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, who just likes to pinch everyone's butt in the entire movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> I really liked him in the scene where it's the morning after scene, like everybody's been drunk and everybody's like hung over the next morning and like he's so funny. It's like, don't talk so loud. <laughs> and she's like, you. I'm whistling, she's whispering. <laughs> Right. <laughs> he pinches Liz Embry's butt and like they start walking in. She's like, I thought I was pinching. He's like, don't think you weren't. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so uh, very interesting on some dialogue throughout this movie. I know. I think Liz <laughs> has so many great lines. She does. I, she, she's, she's so subtly kind funny. Of, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, again, it, it's making the most of a supporting role and she's kind of a his girl Friday kind of character. Speaking of Carrie Grant, um, mm-hmm. you know, she's, she's got always got the quick answer. And I, I think that's just so well done for her and she plays it so well. I actually think of all of the supporting characters, she was probably my favorite. You know, I yeah. just kind of uh, found myself drawn to her one of those characters I wish I was seeing more of, you know, it's just terrific. I love it. You mentioned snappy comebacks, which is like another reason why I like that movie so much. Mm-hmm. And like, and that's why I like more classic Hollywood movies so much. It's because of the delivery yeah. of mm-hmm. lines. And it's such either snappy comeback or it's like a witty little note of some sort. So that's something I very much enjoy of that movie for sure. And she's like quintessential snappy comeback girl. Yeah. You know, these movies have a heightened reality. They are not, they're less focused on being overly grounded. It's, It's sort of like, Hey, you know, you're here to be entertained. So we're going to have immaculately written dialogue yeah, delivered exactly. in ways that <laughs> you don't necessarily hear in the real world, but boy, do yeah. you wish you did, you know? Right. Yeah. Nobody actually talks like this, but it's yeah, you know, no. fun to listen to. I mean, who cares? Yeah. Exactly. I don't care. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then again, it also makes sense because this movie is adapted off of a play. Yes. And you can tell absolutely that it is a play, mainly because, you know, there's not a lot of different scenery areas and whatnot or locations and what have you and it's just the way that that is delivered it definitely feels like a play i would love to see the play version mind you mm-hmm. haven't don't know if it's ever playing anywhere <laughs> if it's if people will ever do it again but um i wish they would because i think that'd be fabulous it's such fun dialogue to play with yeah i can imagine oh yeah actor having fun doing this like i was saying oh, like yeah. even like some really subtle things i found just hilarious like my favorite line delivery is from katherine hepburn kind of towards the beginning when she's first meeting liz and uh, connor mccauley whatever you want to call him and she's kind of doing the reverse like interviewing them and yeah. talking to him about 
his childhood. He says something about like being a happy childhood. And she goes, I'm so glad. I didn't mean it like that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> she just says those two <laughs> lines exactly the same way, like without missing a yeah. beat. And it's it was hilarious to me. I, she was so funny. She's such a fabulous actress in general that mm-hmm. I just, oh my God, I love her. She's great. It's no wonder she's isn't she like the until Meryl Streep the most nominated actress at the Oscars of all time? And I think I, so. And I think she's the top winner. I think she won four. It was something like that. As far as best actress, yeah. she had won more than any other, as yeah. I recall. Yeah. I think out of decorated actresses as a whole, I think it is Meryl. But I think yeah. with yeah, when it comes to actress, you're probably right with Catherine, which I'm surprised she didn't win anything for this movie because there's only two Oscars that were won. It was adapted screenplay mm-hmm. and then Jimmy Stewart won, which I mean, right. hello. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And that was his only Oscar ever won, which is ridiculous. Really? Well, it's wow. interesting because yeah. this is the year after. I mean, you think of performances that Jimmy Stewart is really known for. This is the year after Mr. Smith goes to say, Washington. Would, I, for sure he would have won for that, right? No? Wow. Wow. He didn't, and he was. He, I think it was. It was that uh, Clark Gable for uh, Gone with the Wind. I'm not sure. Probably. But, uh, yeah, it was 1939. Was Gone with the Wind's year? Yeah. So I, I, I don't. I can't remember for sure. But I, <laughs> oh no, no, it was uh, Mr. Chips. It was Goodbye, Mr. Chips. So Robert Donat was the winner that year, which I still have yet to see. That's on my list. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a good now. it's a good movie, but I mean. And Robert Donat is wonderful in it, but I mean, come on, uh, Mr. Uh, Smith, yeah. <laughs> or even I Rhett mean, Butler for that matter, you know? Yeah. I think in some ways, I know people are like, ah, Jimmy Stewart deserved an Oscar for Mr. Smith. Let's give it to him for this. He deserved it for this too, though. I absolutely do. I mean, you have one of yeah. the greatest improv scenes of all time with him mm-hmm. drunk that's with improv? Cary Grant. Wait, it's all improv the oh, whole entire scene. And it's so funny so because when you're watching it and you see, you know, Macaulay Connor do his hiccups and all of his slurs and everything, you can see Cary Grant like smile and look to the left because they didn't want to cut it and but he didn't want to laugh during the scene because you know jimmy was so on point during the whole thing that they just wanted to let him do his thing and then catch it on camera so yeah if you watch it slightly you'll see carrie start to smile and his face goes to the left i was really watching carrie great in that scene too i was like so funny he's doing so good i didn't realize those reactions were to improv though that's I just thought that was yeah. kind of good for his character. Yeah. Like, oh, he's being like really subdued. And like, I can see him kind of playing with his hands <laughs> under the table too. While he's just yeah. watching him just be drunk. Jimmy didn't tell him anything. <laughs> that's a whole other layer that I love to that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. The amount of takes that I would have had to do. Right? If, it, if like I was in Carrie's position, I will laugh at like literally anything. So <laughs> if that started happening, I like was not expecting it. Uh-uh. Now you'd be cutting... 24-7 on that one. <laughs> I love seeing some it. of my favorite actors drunk like that, too. That's why I really enjoyed that scene. I was like, I love Jimmy Stewart drunk. I remember seeing Cary Grant drunk in um, North by Northwest, right? Doesn't he have a drunk yeah, scene in that? Yes. There was yes. a drunk scene yep. in that I saw. I was like, I love Cary Grant drunk, yep. too. So It's so funny That's because hilarious. some of the times they're so good at it, too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to nitpick about drunk scenes in movies really quickly. Like these days, like people are drunk in a scene and then it's like a big pet peeve of mine in movies where two seconds later, they'll snap out of it. And I'm like, yeah. you cannot become the sober in two seconds because I know. I know that feeling. 
<laughs> so he's watching Jimmy continuously stick with his drunkness, like through after the whole through hiccups the whole and whatnot. Everything. Scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Through the entire thing, even, yeah. you know, taking Tracy to her night swim. That's the stuff that I love. It's like more commitment and more thought process because these days people don't know how to do drunk scenes, in my opinion. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I noticed that too in, in those kind of scenes where they, yeah, they snap right out of it. Like you can't do that in real life. Yeah. I'm like, what holy water are you drinking that makes you sober within five seconds? Because hook a girl up. Someone <laughs> said something so right. Exactly. That's how it plays out every, sing- every single time. I'm right out of it. Yeah, I know. It's, drives it's me crazy. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Drives me batty. But um, yeah, Jimmy is probably my favorite movie drunk. <laughs> He's so good. Well, while we're while we're on him, just go off. Why? What is it about Jimmy Stewart? That, oh I mean, my we, god, we've talked about him before. And we love him too. But yeah, tell us. I mean. Obviously, again, I'm gonna. It's just something that happens. But he's a Pennsylvania boy, so I have to. <laughs> I have a little bit of love there. Michelle and I are gonna take a road trip to his museum. Hell yeah! It's in a Indiana, Pennsylvania. Museum. There's a lot of random museums in Pennsylvania. Um, I used to live near a uh, Three Stooges museum, so never got to go, but I really would love to. Wow! Yeah, it's so cool. But yeah, I don't know. There's just something about him. I think it's the the dopiness look to him, the tall, lanky, like just face of him as a whole. And the another thing for him is, to me, he can do anything. He's like a chameleon. So he does this romantic movie. He's done westerns. He's done war movies because he was a, a military pilot. So there's so much to him that I love. And he's in Christmas movies, obviously, like we said before. I adore him. I absolutely adore him. The The voice gets me. Like I said, that draw. I mean, Cary Grant kind of has it too with his little whatever accent he has. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Whatever you want to call it. I don't even know. But um, yeah, Jimmy's Jimmy's got the look. And I've just pretty much enjoyed everything that I've seen him in, except there was one like pilot movie he was in. I hated. Can't even remember what it was called, which is fine because it wasn't good. But he's just, he's wonderful. All of his movies are just relatable in some way, shape, or form. I mean, hey, we can talk about Harvey and psychosis and whatnot and anxiety and stuff. And it's very pertinent and he's great and everything. It's interesting. He kind of has this reputation as being an aw shucks actor. But you look at the late period stuff, especially you know the stuff he did with anthony mann and alfred hitchcock i, I think especially yeah. like vertigo <laughs> it's just yeah. like he's really going to some dark places in those movies I, the anthony mann westerns i think are remarkable they are um, they really really yeah, are those i mean when i fi- when i finally got around to seeing those it was just like a revelation it was just a different jimmy stewart than i had ever experienced before and I was completely enthralled by that. It gives you more of a, a respect for him too. Yeah, to see, yeah. Like you can literally do anything, sir. What mm-hmm. can you not do? Yeah. So big fan. Yeah, absolutely. And he's in what three Hitchcocks? Four. Four. What's the fourth? Uh, one? He's in. He's in Rope. The Man Who Knew Too Much. That's um, right. Yeah, Vertigo and Rear Window. Yeah. Fun fact: the same costume designer that did the Philadelphia Story did Rope. Nice. If anybody needs to know, there we go. <laughs> That's well, just one random. Piece of information. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think he's just a man for all movies, basically. So give us one or a couple Jimmy Stewart recommendations. 
maybe something people haven't seen. Again, I'm going to bring up Harvey because it's not talked about a lot. It's a very wonderful movie. We might have brought that up in conversation. Really? Um, before <laughs> we, we have something for next year with that. Yeah. To yeah. Harvey. Yes. Yeah. Harvey's a really great one. And I would say um, pretty much any of his Westerns because I think when people think sometimes of Jimmy Stewart, they don't know that he did Westerns. And Westerns are not really the forte for many people in general, which is a shame because there's some wonderful. Yes. Western yeah. films out there. Um, so dig into like literally anything he's done in Western films. It's worth it. You're going to like it in the end. What's the one you keep trying to recommend to me? When I think Jimmy Stewart Westerns, The Naked Spur, Winchester 73, That's The Man it. Who Shot Liberty Balance. Winchester 73. Um, That's the one. Yeah. Winchester 73 is like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I would get on that. Liberty Balance. Liberty Balance is like a quintessential. I love that movie. Like, Incredible. It was the first Western I saw that I really loved. We watched it in junior high, like English class or drama class. And it was just like a revelation to me because I had never really gotten into Westerns before that. And this was eighth grade and I was just blown away by that movie. So good. So good. good. I got into Westerns when I started dating my boyfriend. I wasn't really into war movies and I wasn't really into Western movies. And since then I've dug into, you know, so much Peckinpah and man. Like we were talking about, um, yeah. just a lot of act or directors that I had not dug into prior. Worth it though, my gosh! Uh, Bandolero, I would recommend as well mm-hmm. because it's Jimmy Stewart and Dean Martin, which my <laughs> Italian stallion Dean Martin because <laughs> whew, Lordy B. He was nice looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just was. Least, to say the least. <laughs> uh, he's my mom's favorite. She and I fight um, each other about who was the better Italian crooner. Was it Dean Martin or Frank Sinatra? Mm. I'm a Sinatra, but yeah. Dean Martin has the... Mm. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. If I can mention a couple, Destry Rides Again. I blind um, bought that and I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> yeah, uh, Marlena Dietrich. Okay, so if you've ever seen Bla- Blazing Saddles, Destry yes. Rides Again is where Madeline Kahn got her. Oh, really? <laughs> I really nice. like uh, John John Wayne's last movie, The Shootist, uh, Jimmy Stewart. Have plays yet. That's on yeah. my list. Yeah, he plays a doctor uh, in that. The Man from Laramie. I was is, just uh, going to say that one. <laughs> yeah, another great one. And that's an Anthony Mann one. Okay, I got a lot to catch up on. I've only seen Liberty Valance. <laughs> yeah. And those are just I, nice. the Westerns that I'm, yeah. that I'm mentioning there. Um, of course, lots of terrific work. An actor in 150 films, according to Letterboxd. So there's lots to, <laughs> to look at. Yeah, yeah, there's Stewart. quite a bit. Which is funny because there's a lot of Westerns. Like, you wouldn't think you've got The Naked Spur, which is also another really good one mm-hmm. I have seen. Bend the River. A lot of earlier ones were Westerns, it seems. But... And then, you know, you're throwing your little Hitchcock here. You're throwing a little romantic comedy here and Christmas movie here. The greatest Christmas movie of all time. All time. <laughs> you know. Literally, it's my yearly watch. Every yeah. Christmas day or uh, Christmas Eve, I try to do it. Yeah, so do we. I, it's just one that has to be watched. Mm. Has to. My traditional ones, um, I do like to watch Shop Around the Corner every year. At least I try to. So Yeah, it's, it's then, one I've only, I've only seen it once. I'm wanting to, uh, looking forward to seeing it again, though. And then you have Cary Grant that does Christmas movie. He did The Bishop's Wife. You love um, The Bishop's Wife, yeah. Oh, it's so good. I just watched it for the first time last year, but Mm -hmm. absolutely love it. He's another one that just really can do no wrong. So many wonderful movies that man has in his repertoire. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and different kinds of movies too, of course, you know. Yep. I mean, great at comedy, but, you know, obviously things like Bringing Up Baby and those kinds of movies. I got to watch that one again. It's been so long. And I remember loving him in that. And and it's Catherine. Of course, Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, another great collaboration with her. And but then you've got things you know, notorious, another yeah. Alfred Hitchcock movies again that are just Arsenic and Old Laces is probably my favorite comedy of his. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, that movie. You can't yeah. go wrong. When he says about like his family, how is oh gosh, what is the line about the horses and how his family gallops? I'm like, it's my family. <laughs> you know my- yeah. I just remember this- I'm not a booster, I'm the son of a sea cook. <laughs> <laughs> the the one thing that I wish about the movie Arsenic and Old Lace. This is just me because Boris Karloff is like my favorite actor, and uh, no no shade on Raymond Massey who was terrific. He does a great job in the movie, but that part was written for Boris Karloff, and if he he happened to be on stage, he was performing the show on stage while they were making the movie and couldn't get out of his contract. Oh, to, really? To be in the movie that's the one thing about the movie that i always was like oh i so wish that he had been able to be in that because i think that would have been so amazing to capture mm-hmm. him yeah. performing the part that was written for him in this non-horror him. oh man absolutely. Oh, yeah and you can picture him performing it. And oh. Raymond, Raymond Massey's wonderful in it. I mean, there's yeah. there's nothing bad I can say about him, but I just love Boris Karloff so much. <laughs> it's, it's one thing. Could you imagine how amplified it would have been if Karloff oh, was in that? That meta feeling that would yeah. be Absolutely. part of it. It would be just very, very funny. And that was part of the joke of the stage yeah. show was Boris Karloff is playing the guy that looks like Boris Karloff. Yeah. Um, so that's part of the fun of all that. Gosh. Anyway. That's one of my yearly uh, October watches. I have to try oh, to watch it. Good one. That yeah. along with um, I Married a Witch. Yes. Oh, so good. Okay. I just saw that for the first time this last year. It's wonderful. Veronica Lake has the perfect hair I've ever yeah. seen in my entire life. Absolutely. Really not fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's not fair. I hate her for it, but I also love her because she's just wonderful. So, <laughs> yeah, but it brings everybody like, Everybody has worked together on other projects and it brings everybody back to the Philadelphia story. Which right? Is, well, because it's kind of what started Catherine's career over again, too, because she was in a slump. Box office poison. How yes, many times yes. were so often declared box office poison for some reason? Oh, <laughs> she would like have one flop and it would yeah. be no one will hire you because yeah and it's crazy yeah. because it's like yeah. you know mentioned to a woman but god forbid we say it to a man and i know i agree and it was it was very much she managed to defy that over and over and over again though yeah one of the longest careers for a woman in hollywood ever yeah and she was going well into like prior to her passing so yeah good on well her. i mean she won her last oscar for on golden pond right golden pond, yeah. <laughs> where she's where she's playing someone who's old yeah you know i mean it's good for her because it's a topic of discussion many a times where women do not get to go into acting and continuing their career into the older age it's usually like oh well you're washed up and dry by a certain point but yeah. god forbid if you do get to that point you're very lucky and it's still happening to this day but currently she's still very lucky the the only actor that i can really compare that to is and we've already mentioned her is meryl streep maybe. meryl streep yeah you know yeah. who has just managed to always be able to keep going and, and i yeah. i'm I wish there were more of that because there are yeah. so many actresses I miss. Yes. It's like, I would love to see this person again. Um, yeah, because I thought about this recently, actually watching Top Gun Maverick. I'm like, Meg Ryan, love yeah, I know. her. Where is she? I thought about yeah. 
Exactly. Well, I, I thought, mean, I thought what, you know, learned, why, I isn't, why isn't she in it? I mean, they it gave the reason right. in the movie, but. Yeah, I know. And I was just yeah. like, that. It was not, a heart killer. <laughs> it's like, did she not want to do it? I mean, it's part of the question, maybe. But then there's also the, did they did even, they even offer it? Yeah. yeah. Did they even ask her to do it? Yeah. Which is kind of what I'm leaning towards. Yeah. Uh, which is a shame because I would love to see Meg Ryan keep going. But it's like, we'll see some of these actors or actresses even, uh, but they'll do movies, that, but only like one thing here, one thing here, one thing here. But you're right. Yeah. Meryl Streep is like an every year kind of woman, which I'm okay with because she's fantastic, but I would just love for more to keep. More of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More of that. We need more of that. Mm-hmm. So it's a shame. We need more movies catered to older generation. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, also, Catherine Hepburn, fun fact on Philadelphia Story, is she spawned the high use of the name Tracy for girls. There you go. You always get that (laughs) kind of like spur when people name their kids, you know, Bella and Edward. (laughs) Twilight theme. I'm going to do it. Bringing Pattinson. Um, but yeah, uh. you know, naming Tracy, like the kid's name Tracy apparently boomed after that movie. Yeah. So she's iconic. And people then portray her in other movies, like The Aviator. That's one. Yes. There's been a few more, but that's that, just yeah. one off the top of my head. And again, she won an Oscar for playing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And I would say maybe Kate Blanchett is another good example of one of those actresses that has yeah. had a regular ongoing career. Yep. Um, I would say that too. She's very lucky to continue going. Yeah. There's not many, but anyway, there are, there's, there's Hollywood could do better. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> Hollywood no could I mean, do better I, of a lot of things. If I'm having trouble naming two or three, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you can right. name actors galore, but it's hard to pinpoint yep. women. Absolutely, which is, which is a shame. Big shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking mm. of her name, something that Brian and I were laughing about beforehand was we kind of laughed at her name is Tracy Lord. Tracy, <laughs> Tracy Lord, but. Tracy Lords is yes, a yeah, Tracy. name. I have always thought about that too. Always have thought that too. And I'm like, you add an S on it, it could be such difference. Such I know. a difference. Yeah. <laughs> way different things come to mind. Way different. That'd be a I way different Tracy production. Lords. Yeah, I, yes, I, I do she's too. She's great. I absolutely do. She's fantastic. Definitely was a highlight of my youth <laughs> in watching mm-hmm. certain movies. So big props to her for sure. Cry baby, love her. Uh, that was my first John Waters. Yeah, and still haven't seen it. Oh my god, it's oh, so good. Dude. I'm not gonna not gonna talk about I've... the counterpart of who her side person is because I don't want to. But <laughs> Tracy is perfect in that movie absolutely perfect so highly recommend i have a pretty limited john waters education i have to admit (laughs) i've only seen a few of his movies uh you should watch cecil be demented if you haven't me i've seen it Uh, that's one of that's one one of my favorites i've seen seen that i've seen pink flamingos so good and i've seen hairspray oh you need to see serial mom Mom. yeah you need to see serial mom and you should watch oh my gosh it's the one with tracy ullman i just remember the cover because she's got really big boobs that's all i remember But yeah, Cecil B. Demented. I mean, (laughs) my other favorite is in that movie. Oh, that's right. I I always forget that he's in that. (laughs) Michael Shannon. My unconventional king. (laughs) I love him so much. See, and I think that is another uh, interesting thing. Um, Because I usually gravitate towards actors that are the the more unconventional looking in a way as well. So Mm -hmm. it's like Adam Driver. I think he's absolutely fantastic. Um, Barry Keoghan. He's 
currently like unbelievable and doesn't really get enough attention. Michael Shannon, amazing, doesn't really do a lot of lead roles, but like side character king. And then Jimmy Stewart, he's not your conventional pretty boy, but there's just right. a draw that I have to him that I find him so fantastic as an actor. I think he can act, basically. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's interesting because, you know, we talk sometimes, especially when we're talking about older movies, that th- a lot of movie star personas, you know, mm. you have you have Jimmy Stewart, you've got Cary Grant, you've got uh, Humphrey Bogart, you have John yeah. Wayne. They have a persona. Yeah. So when they get on screen, it's almost like they're a person playing the persona, playing a part. Yeah. There's those kinds of levels to it. You could go on and on with that. I mean, they all had different ways they talked. You know, Edward G. Robinson and uh, <laughs> James Cagney. And I was those, just going to say those, Cagney. All of them. Yeah. Yeah, they, they all have that sort of thing going on, right? But very few would do the chameleonic thing unless yeah. they were a character actors. But those were all leading actors that I mentioned there. So for Jimmy Stewart to not only have the persona, but also kind of be able to disappear into some of those roles is really unique. And he made uh, it to, seamless, like mm-hmm. completely seamless. Every performance yeah. that you see him in, you're like, uh, I don't even know how you're doing it. Just, it's crazy. It makes it, it may, he makes it look super easy. And I know people say that a lot about actors, but like, I legitimately think he makes it look so easy. Yeah. And what's funny in this movie, this just sort of sprung to mind of all of the things I think of Jimmy Stewart doing, comedy is not the first one that comes to mind. Oh, God, no, not at all. But he is so funny in this movie <laughs> he's I, I mean i love the part where he's they're like looking at all the stuff that's on the table in mm-hmm. there and he's like oh they're setting up a swap meet or something like that <laughs> and then the butler comes in is just kind of watching him and he just sort of casually opens up his coat yeah. like showing him <laughs> that he hasn't stolen anything uh-huh. it's <laughs> And he picks up the phone and he's like, this is the voice of doom calling. That's just, yeah. I love that too. Yeah, his I mean, little he's, subtleties. He's funny in other movies. I think he's really funny as George Bailey often in It's a Wonderful Life. I think he's really funny as Elwood P. Dowd in Harvey and in, in some of the Hitchcock movies because he had sort of that Hitchcock loved real sly, wry humor in his movies. But I just don't think of him as a comedian. But so this is one of those chances he really had to really display how funny he was. The part where he's singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow gets me every oh. time. Yeah. Because he then... <laughs> He then messes up the lyrics because he calls and then he starts to sing Someday Over the Rainbow. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you're that drunk. Um, It's just, yeah, it's pretty golden on his end for a comedic performance. There's a lot to talk about with this movie still. But one of the things I was curious about, I hear a lot when I hear this movie discussed that a lot of people think Tracy should have ended up with Jimmy Stewart. No, no. No. And they're like mad no. that that doesn't happen. And I was like, well, of course it doesn't happen because he's supposed to be with Liz. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know that from the like the very beginning. Yeah. I think those people need to rewatch the movie and like really watch it because they, really they are it. so wrong together. Like yeah. they can have that little fling of the kiss in the nighttime swim or what have you, but to mm-hmm. be together forever is no, no. Yeah. And it's going right. to go down. They just don't, it sounds so like first class or whatever, but they just don't mesh because she's such a 
socialite in her family and he just just he just doesn't match at all it's funny they're both they're both kind of class snobs in their own way right. you know yep. from different ends of the spectrum it's it's very funny yeah. how that's played out and i think the dialogue sort of they notice it in each other a little bit there's a there's a scene where they're kind of hitting each other's buttons on that fact mm. I think. yeah I, I really like that scene i was just thinking about this very thing and like why she and Dexter are perfect for each other. And there's three different suitors in the in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we didn't like, even bring up George. Oh, yeah, George. Who cares about him? But, okay, <laughs> Nobody really cares about George. <laughs> the way I was thinking of it was how the men, how they each see her is very different, too. And that's why George is kind of perfect, because Mike only sees the good in her, right? He does that whole mm-hmm. thing like when they're drunk, like seeing her as a goddess, like you're so perfect. You're, you're you're great. Yeah. But he doesn't see that other side that George sees, like that that letter that he writes her. Ugh, that hurts. Tear my heart out. Seriously. Yeah, no kidding. But Dexter, he's seen both of those sides. And that's what he kind of loves about her, I think. Then that's why I think they're perfect. Does that make sense in a way? Like yes. yeah. he's he he sees her as that that straw woman that that's attracts him to her, but he's also been hurt by the other side of her and yet he's still willing to try it again with her because I think he he just understands her just that little bit more than the other guys do. Yeah, I think Jimmy sees or Macaulay sees Tracy as like that first time look where you're like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. they're so pretty kind of thing. But in the long right. run, it's just not going to work. No. And George has literally just, that's such a bad combination. They literally don't know each other. Yeah. And I think right. they rushed it too, because he even says it. It's like, this is happening too fast and they shouldn't get married. I'm like, yeah, no, you all should not get married. <laughs> that is a disaster <laughs> waiting to happen. And so. there, are li- there are little hints to that too. Like when, even in the little part where she kind of, attacks him like uh when he shows off his riding clothes and you know just kind of mm-hmm. showing him up a little bit in that scene when he can't get on the horse and <laughs> also which is kind of funny and then um also that one line when she says something about like i'm not gonna have any reporters in my house and he has to be like you mean our house and she's yeah, like, oh, right. yeah yeah she's not in the right frame of mind or that he's expecting things from her that like the kind of person that she's just not gonna be able to be for him you know yeah I think George was more of a choice to suit the family instead of suiting Mm. her, but she needed to be with CK. One of the things I thought was Tracy and George together ends up being Tracy's parents, Mm. where Margaret Lord is sort of this witty, intelligent, strong, interesting woman, (laughs) and then Seth Lord is a philanderer and coldest stone and i guess i just see that being their destiny if they get married and continue on this yeah. is kind of ending up in the same place i agree i agree completely because seth is not good for margaret at all i mean he's the adulterer no. and that whatnot and kind of happy that when uncle willie was there she like switched their roles and was like you know father <laughs> yeah it's really not her dad that's uncle willie but yeah. yeah it was necessary i guess to paint the perfect picture because her family is not the perfect picture. And that's why I think she was trying to get George is because they wanted that perfect picture when it's not possible. No way. Right, yeah. And it's interesting that George is not from a high society background. He starts out as a coal miner and he kind of works his way up to general manager in the company. And and that's how Tracy tries to prove that she's not a class snob. (laughs) 
uh, to Macaulay. That little scene, I, I, it's it, that's the one that sort of has stuck with me a little bit, is where they haven't fallen in love. They're kind of at each other a little yeah. bit between Macaulay and Tracy, where he's the cynical reporter coming in to poke holes in you know their family life, and she's trying to defend it before there's any sort of attraction between them yeah i'm curious because i because i we mentioned how it was adapted from a play but it was also adapted Uh from a real person so tracy was i think her name was her original name actually in real life was like margaret if i'm not mistaken there's like four parts to her name because i was reading it right before stepping on but um she was a real person um and the the gentleman who wrote the play he wrote it because that woman married his friend so I'm curious if it's these people, their actual demeanors are the same as these characters. So yeah, she was a real socialite in Philadelphia um, in this area called Bryn Mawr, which they call the main line, which they mentioned in the very beginning, uh, Sydney Kidd mentioned we, when he was talking about the headlines that he could use, right. unapproachable mm-hmm. Tracy Lord. And then he said something, yeah. something mainline. And I was like, oh, I know yeah. that mainline. I've been to the mainline. So I... I <laughs> It's just really interesting how it's pretty, it sounds like it's pretty on target. So that's pretty interesting as well. Lots of ins and outs. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But yeah, George, uh, I'm glad he hit the road. (laughs) It just was not good. And like, it's very interesting because it ends with such a hilarious shot in general of all them, you know, up at the altar, what have you. But then also... The when the movie opens, it's also a very interesting yeah. scene. <laughs> I love that. It's, it's so good. It's such a great way to open the movie. And it's such a good way to like portray a breakup. Like you did yeah. it. That's bing bang boom, you did it. That's they're done. So it's just very uh quick to the point. So I mean, I know a lot of people have issues with it because obviously Caragram pushes the hell out of Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. Um, grabs her by the by face. By the face and pushes and just pushes her. her. But I'm like, you know what, sir? But, you- I'm sorry, it's funny. <laughs> it it's it's a slapstick moment, honestly. Yeah. Yes. I think. A lot of you classic know. Hollywood slapstick comedies are like that. And I yeah. think I, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people just need to unwind their panties a bit and just let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i thought so, it was funny it's just the way well, he's he, not he, a puncher yeah i don't know why it's so much funnier he's not actually gonna by the face and just push them down yeah. i don't think because i probably was like i don't know if i've ever seen somebody like do I know, that just, oh, who does that in real life <laughs> nobody i don't i don't think i have i mean maybe to my dogs to get them away from me but that's just pretty much <laughs> it <laughs> and hepburn plays it so well too because she just falls straight oh, down no. it, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's like wow she's really gifted yeah. sort of physical comedian in this scene she it's really felt wonderful. like a freaking bag of bricks honestly like just yeah. boom like yeah. okay i'm like sir you deserve your golf clubs broken cut them yeah. in hand so i mean even though she did that i'm like girl you got some strength to break those golf clubs in half. Yeah. so but then it ends with that quintessential shot where they're all shocked and it's just so perfect so perfect uh-huh. it just blends mm-hmm. in with the rest of the vibe of the movie so mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. man i love it where they end up in the pages of spy magazine yes right? where they <laughs> yeah. end up then anyway which is good that it landed there instead of giving her family this smear campaign that was originally supposed to happen if right. the wedding was not covered if the wedding wasn't covered then her father would have been oust as the adulterer which everybody right. seems to know anyway even dinah knows so like, exactly. is, it really, is it really that big of a secret exactly 
exactly. Honestly. And then like, how would you explain then, you know, portraying uncle Willie as your father? If that smear campaign did come out, you're like, Oh, right. he's actually not my yeah. dad. Like you're getting everything tied up. So, so well. And they set up that, you know, why isn't the dad at the wedding? They can't, they let that drag out for quite a while. Yeah. Until he finally just shows up. Then the revelation that he's, she actually, even before he shows up, says something about, he had to meet with a dancer yeah. or something Yes, because like he was that. cheating on the wife with a dancer. Yeah. Which is very so, interesting because then Tracy kind of, cause, well, she doesn't really cheat per se, like a complete hookup or whatever. Um, yes. She does kiss Macaulay, which is still kind <laughs> of wrong, obviously. Don't do it, people. Don't. But, but then and George like, is like, oh, that was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway but he still doesn't know much about tracy so it's mm. good that the wedding right. is still called off so but she's mm-hmm. like almost like following in her father's path at that point in time after her dad calls her out saying like she doesn't understand her heart but you know what seth you don't understand your heart either clearly <laughs> they do kind of have a nice moment at the end i think um that yeah. i really like they have a nice reconciliation moment i mean yeah when your dad tells you that that he's proud of you i mean like come on there's like no yeah exactly some, for me there would be no like no better compliment than that so yeah, yeah that's a good scene between the two of them I and then he's so Im- immediately okay with the the turn of events because he knows what's right for her and that's all he's really wanted even though he delivered it pretty harshly and like i said <laughs> yeah. i think he's kind of right i'm sorry he was not he's not perfect she's not perfect either i think he was kind of yeah. right about her and that it was something that she needed to hear and that this whole thing that happens in this movie is something that needed to happen for her to get to that place at the end yeah to the recognize that about herself and deal with it yeah well it's funny though too because like nobody in this movie is perfect like yeah, pretty much why, oh no pretty much that's nobody kind of love it so, yeah everybody's got flaws maybe mine is dinah because she's still my queen but <laughs> i know i hope dinah ends up with someone good too you know i know down the line like i hope dinah <laughs> finds like wonderful man for herself you know she will Oh, she yeah. will. She's got it more figured out than anyone else in this movie. <laughs> That's true. I think. I think she has so much. She's so impressionable and she's seeing what's going on that she'll be like, I'm not going to make these mistakes, y'all. Like, right, it's right. going to be good. Don't worry. <laughs> y'all are a mess. I'm going to do it right the first time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, I hope Dexter, CK Dexter Haven and Tracy, like, you know, went out on true love again and got to sail the open seas. And- of course. With Dinah. I got to go back to Dinah for a second. <laughs> I love the part where she comes in to the room where Liz and Mike are and she she's on her toe shoes <laughs> and she walks in says, and she's like and and she starts speaking French I could right. speak French before I could speak English and she's trying to be high and refined she's like I can play the piano and sing at the same Lydia. time she oh, sits Lydia. down at the piano she sings Lydia oh, Lydia which is like you know this body barroom song <laughs> it's just so funny i just love that scene so much it's it's so, so hilarious i mean she definitely shows off yeah that little kid can hold her own against these seasoned actors Seriously. oh yeah i mean clearly I really she just showed that she has dancing talent uh-huh. verbal talent and musical talent like bing bang boom she's good yeah. and i love the relationship that she and tracy have like the way they even continue to play that out just speaking in french to each yeah. other yeah uh-huh. and they have a great like little um annoying little sister but i i still really love you and care about you and care about what you think kind of relationship oh, yeah. 
I love that. I, for me, as great as the drunk scene is, as great as so much of this is, I think I love that the most. Yeah. I mean, which is hard to say, but I mean, there's <laughs> just so much great stuff in this movie, but I love that scene so much. It oh just, my gosh. Killed me. Speaking of Dinah, when she's telling Tracy how she was like super drunk and Jimmy had to carry her or Macaulay carried her to a room and the watch was missing and all this stuff. Uh-huh. And and Macaulay comes up to Tracy and was like, oh, I, I seem to be missing a watch. And she's like, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> like with her monotone. Uh-huh. Or she was like something like, you don't know how sorry I am to hear that. And yes. She's like, it's on the table. And then it all comes to fruition. It is a pinnacle, like, third act though like it's a lot goes on in that third act Mm -hmm. crazy she has a fun little moment when they're just talking and now i completely forgot what the context was where he says something and then she just kind of goes ha 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 and then stops (laughs) (laughs) that's when they're both drunk but again with just like the subtle deliveries of stuff like that is just can be so effective especially in um older movies i know i find that they're just they're so animated with their deliveries sometimes and that it just it makes it extra funny Catherine, especially especially with her voice too she can make anything funny with that oh that yeah. accent of hers is just My insane key. yeah she calls him mikey <laughs> like it's wonderful she calls all the different guys in like different voices too she's like george Mike. Right. I love that. Yeah. And I I watched this with the subtitles on, and it said high voice, lower voice. (laughs) It was really funny. Gosh, what a queen. She's so good. I love her. Yeah. Just all around have such a good time with that movie. It it never Mm -hmm. fails. And it's always, it's one of those movies that you catch something little each time you watch it, too. It's just little hidden gems. You'll see. Love it, though. Well, it's so dialogue heavy like i know there's a ton of stuff if i watched it again i would pick up on even more (laughs) 100 percent for sure all right well is there uh anything else anyone wants to cover before we close up here anything we missed that uh i'm sure nagging at you to talk about like i said i'm sure there's a ton of things but i can't think of anything right now definitely want every single attire that Catherine wears i definitely don't have the (laughs) waist of hers but like if i did i'd be wearing anything that she wears And I find it just really quickly, like, because they go swimming and they come out and she's wearing this gorgeous, like, post-swim robe or whatever. And it's beautiful. It looks like an evening gown. And they're like, oh, you didn't change? I'm like, what? I'm sorry. (laughs) I feel like I could wear that out to, like, a ball or something like that. (laughs) Everything is just, it's crazy. She's a tour de force, basically in this movie and so like like we were mentioning so is jimmy and so is carrie and i desperately need hbo max to change the poster to choose oh i know i know i don't i don't like the The uh, worst poster it's like it's like that poster that they have for the apartment and it's so bad it's so bad what is it it's like the cover of a of the dvd where they just show like pictures but it's not it's it's like just put up the classic poster yes you know Um, you know that would be so much better and it also has like a Uh, very big like pink block on the bottom corner i think or something like that and it's just so ugly it's like the romantic comedies collection um, one poster it's so bad Uh, no yeah that's awful it's so so bad it doesn't indicate anything of what that movie is yeah (laughs) no like you can't even uh, yeah. figure it out. It's just, oh my god, I can't stand it. So <laughs> I, I haven't seen the one they put up for the apartment. So oh my god, piss me oh. off. I love that movie too much. That's another movie I want to talk about, Michelle. Yeah, I know. Um, I we watch. 
We watch that. That's one of our New Year's watches. Absolutely. Yes. That's like one of the greatest movies ever made, Apartment. I love it. I love mm-hmm. that movie yeah. so much. We do we watch the, that. That's one of our yearly. <laughs> hey, if you guys ever want to talk about more classic Hollywood, I am yeah. legitimately all for it. <laughs> yeah. You are my main like go-to expert for classic stuff. So There's definitely more that I need to watch. And my HBO uh, Max queue has definitely grown uh, to include some more. Mine like too, yeah. Oh, it's, mm-hmm. they have a lot of really wonderful things on there right now, too. Well, I love that TCM curates a, sec- a hub mm-hmm. on it, you know, and yeah. there's, and it's, it's a wide variety. Some of them are really new, but there's a lot of really great old yeah. stuff in there. It's really great. Um, I mean, yeah. TCM also has their own streaming app, but it coincides with the channel. So as yeah, movies premiere, like it. you have to yeah. like you you A have to have a subscription to be able to watch TCM on your TV. And then like as movies premiere, the one at the end pops off. So it's like an ever running like yeah. snake of movies oh, that you can watch. Okay. So you have to watch them really quickly before they disappear. But there's also some really amazing things on there at times. But other than that, yeah. you can probably find a lot of good stuff on Criterion because Criterion puts a lot of great mm-hmm. stuff. I, I actually had to cancel my my Criterion oh, no. uh, subscription a while ago because I just wasn't using it enough, and so I, that's going to be my main. That's going to be my main thing I'm going to be watching. I, I added so much. <laughs> I if I didn't have to, I wouldn't have. But a lot of those uh, are available on, to plug the public library on Canopy. Mm-hmm. If you have Canopy, I or just got a library card. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, So I can finally get Canopy. Canopy has so much good stuff on it. A lot of Criterion collection, a lot of old movies, a lot of foreign, uh, like international cinema, Mm. and a lot of documentaries. Um, Oh, documentaries are my jam. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great uh, resource. And a lot of them have been like really hard to find. So mm, the documentaries, especially, yeah. Mine doesn't I use Canopy; it uses Hoopla. I haven't really yeah. delved into that. We have one. that as well. I have to log yeah. in and figure all that out because we just got library Hoopla, cards weeks ago. Hoopla's got some good stuff. I think they tend to skew newer, but Canopy to me is the is the one <laughs> as far as I have to go. definitely yeah. look into that more. We're digging through um, Paul Newman movies right now because there's like a lot of blind spots I have for Newman. So we're doing like a yeah. lot of watches for Paul Newman, which has been very exciting. He's I just Ooh. added a couple to my uh, to my queue on HBO Max today. <laughs> Had Nobody's Fool and um, oh The Long Hot Summer. And right. I'm a big um, Paul Newman fan. I, well, I got to get um, HBO Max, don't I? <laughs> um, Nobody's I, Fool. I just continuously, I haven't stopped thinking about it since I saw it. Just, it's okay. so <laughs> that, good. That, that moves it up to the top it's for me. because I'm, so I'm good. Just... It's like a very small town kind of movie. So it's just like all taking mm-hmm. place in one area. But just, it's an older Paul Newman, but he's so amazing. I, it, I cannot recommend it enough. And um, I have a group of friends that have another podcast, and one of them was saying that they're excited for Tom Cruise to still go into his like Paul Newman phase. I'm like, I want Tom Cruise to be in a small town, nobody's fool type of movie so badly. Oh, it's just, you'll love it. I think it's fantastic. I think Nobody's Fool is so, so good. Um, I think it's also on Prime. Oh, great. Yeah. Paul Newman just, um, I know we're kind of going far afield here, but um, (laughs) Paul Paul Newman just, he took such wonderful advantage of his older years. I just watched Slapshot 
uh, which I hadn't seen before. Greatest and sports movie ever. <laughs> it is a really good movie. But then, you know, looking at, we covered the verdict. Oh, uh, I just watched that for the first time. Yeah. And man, that movie and his performance in that. I, yep. I it felt like, it, he always felt like one of these great movie stars. And then when he got older, he was like, okay, I'm going to be an actor. Yeah. I'm going to really be an actor. Yep. And he really, really did. And he was always a good actor. But I mean, when he decided, you know, as he was getting older and was like, I got to do more than just this. <laughs> yep. It was magical. So we watched The Verdict and then we watched Nobody's Fool the next day. So it was a really okay. uh, wonderful kind of, what's the word, transfer into watching his older career. Actually, we did Cool Hand Luke. The verdict, nobody's fool. So it was like just continued going into his age. Yeah. And it was such a wonderful visual to see how he changed as the years went on. And I don't know, I think Nobody's Fool is just a very underappreciated movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's some really stellar elderly acting. Right. And Slapshot's amazing. Just want to say, <laughs> shot's amazing. And yeah, there's definitely a lot of questionable things that happen in the movie. There are. There are. <laughs> but it's perfect. Uh, the Hanson the Hanson triplet or the triplets, right? Yeah. They're fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of Paul Newman's greatest coats he's ever worn in a movie. That like big, like leathery, furry thing. Oh my gosh. I have... <laughs> I love Slapshot. I think it's just yeah. so, so good. But yeah, watch Slapshot. Watch the Philadelphia story. Obviously, that's what we're here to talk about. Um, and well, all these recommendations. I know, yeah, literally. Uh, I, I could say, exactly. You all better have your pens and papers filled now. So um, I hope there comes a lot of recommendations. And I hope uh, people just watch more Jimmy Stewart because it's necessary. Yeah. Cara Grant, too, and Catherine Hepburn, don't get me wrong. But like... <laughs> You know me. You know I'm going to say, go watch Jimmy. Of course. I think of classic era actors. Jimmy Stewart is my favorite. He's always been around my top five favorite actors ever, always. So, For um, sure. Big fan. I Huge fan. I thought so. Cary Grant was my favorite, actually. But I don't know. Jimmy is moving up there. The more I'm I'm seeing him and, and the more I'm thinking about him and talking about him with other people, like with you guys, it's, yeah, yeah. he's, I'm really realize what he did and what he could do. And he was, he could do it all, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, wait till you get into some yeah. of his older Westerns because they're just. I'm very excited. There's yes. something yeah. special and they're not talked about enough. Yeah. Uh, the Anthony Mann Westerns were so eye opening to me. All of them are good. Okay. <laughs> Every single one. There's not a bad five. one. I think he did five with him. Something like that. Yeah. And they're so good. Okay. I'm convinced. Yeah. I, I would definitely take a day off from work and just binge Anthony Mann, Jimmy Stewart <laughs> Western. Sounds like a plan for me personally. Might have to look into that. So is there anything that you would like to plug or share or as we wrap up, Rachel? Gosh, I don't really think I'm doing much right now. Haven't written a lot in a while. It's just watching movies when I can. It's been pretty busy. So would love to start writing up again. Um, but otherwise, I kind of dabble in guesting on podcasts, obviously here. So yeah, not really much going on. But you can find me babbling about food. <laughs> My dogs yep. <laughs> and, and, and movies on uh, Twitter, most likely. So uh, there's not one genre of movie I talk about. So just fair warning. <laughs> That's why you're one of the best to That's follow. You, you have yeah. you watch anything and everything, and you have oh great, yeah, you have great taste and a very eclectic movie watching. It's always interesting. I will to say it's very eclectic. 
don't know if I would say good at times, but (laughs) definitely eclectic. (laughs) You can't win them all. I was just, I was literally just praising Doom Asylum yesterday. So I don't know how well I am on movies at times. It's fun. All right. (laughs) It is so fun. Uh, Yeah horror movies man yeah i think both of us you know even though i'm my primary writing homes are horror i try and watch everything and i share more than just the horror movies i'm watching yeah. because same i just watch so much more than that yeah i um, agree so i originally started out talking about everything. horror movies but uh yeah. have since very much like progressed out and talked about more because i found i got into more action movies during the beginning of the pandemic so like uh-huh. changed a lot after i we dug really deep into a lot of action movies i hadn't seen before and foreign mm-hmm. action and i the most recent article i did write was about jackie chan um for neon rated so that was a lot of fun excellent All right well thank you so much for coming on and for thanks for having me talking about one of so your favorite fun. movies yeah i know i mean the other one was gonna be almost famous and i i just I... recently did that so <laughs> i absolutely called it though with brian i was thinking i was like if she doesn't pick almost famous which she might not because we've already talked about it and maybe she's talked yeah. about it before if she doesn't pick that she's gonna pick the philadelphia story i knew so <laughs> i absolutely called it yeah. god i could go off about almost famous too don't even get me started so we have a uh, how long is that episode on almost famous <laughs> <laughs> This is a long one. Oh my um, god, one yeah. of my favorite movies ever. I hope we did it justice. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but to jump off of favorite movies, as currently my top four have not changed on Letterboxd since I started a Letterboxd, but it's uh-huh. Almost Famous, The Philadelphia Story, Wendy and Lucy from Kelly Reichardt, and Brief Encounter. Oh god. Drawing yeah. the biggest. I haven't, I haven't seen Wendy and Lucy, but Brief Encounter is wonderful. Um, if you watch Wendy and Lucy, please have tissues. Just okay. gonna say. I never even heard of that. Okay. So good. Cameo by Larry Fessenden. Oh, oh nice. excellent. I've had some uh, some Kelly Reichardt on my list because I've been wanting to see her films. So I've heard some really good things. So I'm looking forward to diving into some of that filmography. She's a phenomenal director. But Wendy and Lucy yeah. is my favorite of hers. It's uh, Michelle Williams. Highly recommended. But cool. yeah, had a blast. Hey. Philadelphia Stories, one of the best movies ever made. So uh, watch it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Real quick. Where can we find us? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Michelle in Agen. And you can find me uh, on Twitter also at Brian D. Kuiper. And uh, the show- you can- Oh, that's right. You didn't give yours. <laughs> you yeah. didn't give yours. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter. I'm not my name. Uh, this was during my Wes Anderson phase, but yep. um, you can find me under Max Fishers with an yep. S at the end. Excellent. Uh, and you can find the show at Movie Life Pod. Hopefully, going to have some more giveaways and of digital codes and things like that coming up. So keep an eye out there. Follow us. Give us a rate and review. Yeah, especially that. Um, Come on. <laughs> especially if you have a five-star review for us. We like those. Um, if you have a one-star review, you can keep it to yourself. <laughs> All right. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. All right. We only want the uh, positive here. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. As they say, accentuate the positive, eliminate the That's, negative. There you go. There you go. I like that. <laughs> That's how we live our life. All right. Okay. So, Michelle, what are we going to do? We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.